0: It's Kitty Douglas, and I am so excited that we have such a great turnout today. At Big Tent USA, we put democracy above partisanship. We're a national women-led voter coalition dedicated to protecting democracy, women's reproductive rights, and our children and grandchildren's future. Today, we are excited to announce our partnership with TurboVote, which allows citizens to check their registration in status in real time. When you visit Big Tent Turbo Vote, you can access everything really easily. You can make sure you're registered. You can vote early or by mail and get reminders about your local, state, and federal elections. We know that the Big Tent community is highly engaged, but we all have people in our lives, children, grandchildren, family members, who need a nudge before November. So please share the link far and wide. Thanks. To the urging of the Civic Center and Laura Braille in particular, TurboVote even has a pre registration link for the 16 and 17 year olds in your life. Getting Jake Tapper to Big Tent has been on our bucket list. So we are grateful to the team at the Civic Center for making this event possible. Jake Tapper is a CNN anchor and chief Washington correspondent. He also writes political thrillers right here. Um, so you should run to your local bookstore and grab one of those and has been active in bringing attention and support for veterans issues. Since 2017, he has organized an annual celebrity eBay auction to build specially designed mortgage-free houses for severely injured veterans of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan via the top-rated charity homes for our troops. A group for which he serves as an ambassador. Welcome Jake Tapper.
1: Thank you. It's so it's so nice to be here. I hope your bucket list uh, includes much greater things than uh, than me. Um, But uh, let me just say uh, that that it is an honor, Uh, and obviously, I think one of the great importance, um, one of the great things that's uh, that's very important uh, as an anchor is we're always talking about voter turnout and uh, comparing the United States voter turnout with that of other countries, and it always compares rather weakly uh, with other countries. And, you know, one thing I think that Democrats and Republicans should be able to all agree on is that we want as many Americans who are legal voters uh, as possible to vote so that the will of the people is reflected. Um, I It is now my opportunity to introduce Laura W. Brill. Um, she is the founder and CEO and an, um, an attorney and former law clerk to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the legendary RBG. She's also a mom, the mother of two young adults, an award-winning advocate with more than two decades of experience working on uh, complex legal issues, advocating for the LGBTQ community uh, and for equal voting rights. And she obviously launched the Civic Center in 2018 uh, to stop the suppression of youth vote and to tackle the decades-old problem of low uh, youth turnout. And let me just also say, uh, with Lisa Cohen here on the call, Lisa... The first time I voted for president, just how the the year worked out, it was 1988, so I was in college. Uh, I know we're going to focus a lot on high school students today, but I was in college, and I was actually with your husband, and I was voting absentee because he and I were on an overseas program, so there was my ballot, and there was George H.W. Bush. He was just George Bush back then because we didn't have to differentiate him from any other George Bushes. George Bush versus Michael Dukakis, and I do have a uh uh it's a very evocative memory for me We're the first time I ever voted for president and one other thing before I turn it over to Laura Brill is that you know we this is election season primary season uh tonight I'll be covering again uh from uh, 8 to 11 of uh, the Michigan primary big uh, big suspense we have no idea who's going to win uh <laughs> and um I'm being sarcastic we we know who's going to win anyway um but one of the things that is exciting is uh, when we have people in the precincts uh, and it is very sweet, legitimately, I have now heard at least three different times ranging from Iowa to New Hampshire to South Carolina of first time voters and the people in the precinct get really excited and they often have traditions, uh, one precinct has a bell that they ring and it is, it's is—it's an exciting thing, it's part of being uh, an American, it's part of uh, participating in the democratic process, so uh, everybody here is committed to having more of those bells ringing across the country as as, uh, as we go forward. Uh, and now over to you, Laura Brill.
2: Thank you so much, Jake, and, and thank you to Kitty and to everybody at Big Ten USA. It's really great to be here with all of you. Um, like Jake said, I'm a mom, a lawyer, and a former law clerk to Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She was one of my inspirations in starting the Civic Center, which I did after the 2016 election. You guys remember that election, right? My kids were in their teens, and like many others, they were worried about the outcome and what it would mean for our family, for our community, and for our country. And so, and I got curious at that time about why more young people hadn't turned out in that very important election. that's when I landed on four words that I've been repeating basically nonstop ever since. And those words are high school voter registration. And here, I'm gonna share my screen and give you a few points about what uh, you need to know. So, sorry, so, Four million Americans turn 18 every year, and I want to start by showing you a small handful of them in action. As a young person, I think it's important to vote because it really impacts our future, especially, like,
0: I don't know, in this day and age, with so many changes. It is great for you to listen to the the debates that are out there, to listen to the different parties, and pay attention
1: to the propositions and the laws that are out there and that's up to vote at all. This is your world. This is your country. This is your
2: space. So you need to use your voice as much as possible. I decided
0: to host this event because before, a few months ago, I didn't even know what voter registration was. And once I heard about it, I really wanted to make a difference in uh, younger generations. And I feel like this was my opportunity to to start something and make an impact on my school.
1: So you get to change policies that are often made by people of older generations. They won't really know like the effects of there of like the choices they made. This is a perfect opportunity for students to be able to contribute, um, to be able to learn and like vote in the future.
0: I think it's very patriotic to register to vote and I think that every
2: American citizen should vote. In
1: general, both sides are kind of like divided by like social issues right now rather than like, I think like the, the class like divide is kind of more of an important thing right now. Thank you so much for your input. You have to use your voice to
0: change those things that you feel are affecting our country as a whole.
2: Aren't they great? The Civic Center's mission is to make voter registration part of every high school in America. We train students and educators to hold voter registration drives at their schools so all eligible students will be ready to use their voices at the ballot box this year and for the rest of their lives. After the midterms, you may have seen a lot of reporting about this number, 23%. And you may have been discouraged because that was reported as the turnout for young people in the midterm elections. But what you need to know about that 23% is it represents turnout among all young citizens, 18 to 29, whether they're registered to vote or not. And I'm here to tell you that the 23% doesn't tell the whole story. The number I care about and that I want you all to care about is 86%. That's the percentage of registered youth ages 18 to 24 who turned out in 2020, registered youth. 86% of registered youth turned out in 2020. And it wasn't just 2020. In every presidential election, going back to 2004, more than 75% of registered youth turned out. But almost no one knows this basic reality. And what the numbers are telling us is big. They tell us that registration itself is a huge barrier. And when young people know the stakes and they're registered, they turn out at very high rates. When we can get in early and help teens understand the importance of registration and why their votes matter, and when we help them overcome the barriers, we can have a huge impact. Today though, only 30% of 18 year olds are registered. And election day is just eight months away. Registration deadlines in many states are even earlier. And so if you've got a list of democracy emergencies, please add high school voter registration to that list. Uh, For some context, here's what 18 and 19 year old registration rates look like compared to older demographics. The gap you see there between the red and the blue lines represents an enormous loss, millions of voters in every election, but it's also an enormous opportunity. And if you're curious about how enormous, um, here's what the raw numbers show. The yellow represents the margins of victory in the presidential election in Pennsylvania, Arizona and Michigan. And the teal represents the number of young people in each state who turn 18 between November, 2020 and November, 2024. Not only do 18 year olds have the power to make a difference in close elections they also have the most at stake. There's a vicious cycle though. When they're not in the voter file, campaigns won't see them and they won't make policies to address their concerns. So like I said at the beginning, 4 million young people turn 18 every year nationally. So that's 16 million since the 2020 election. And they're literally our children. (laughs) They should be welcomed, not discouraged. So many people at this point think, okay, but high schools, that won't do anything because young people can't register until they're 18. Not true. Um, 50% of US teens live in states, these periwinkle states, that allow pre registration starting at age 16. And another 20% live in the yellow states where they can pre register around age 17. And even in the more restrictive green states, most students are old enough to register before they graduate from high school. What that means is that everywhere across the country, there's a real opportunity to use high school as the time to organize and get teens registered. And about 40% do not go on to college. For them, high school is the most critical time. It becomes much harder to reach them if they graduate without registering. I just want to pause for a second and say, the possibilities for scaling are huge. <laughs> Almost everyone goes to high school and it's, not, it's a nonpartisan educational setting and it just makes perfect sense. Yet everywhere I speak, people tell me, this is the first time they've heard about this problem and the first time they've heard about the opportunity. So if you remember nothing else from today, I hope you'll remember this, that high school is the time and place to help young people register to vote. And so beyond coming and speaking to you here today and, and telling you this, I'm sure you are wondering what the Civic Center's doing to make this a reality. So we provide free training and resources for students and educators to run twice yearly drives at their schools. We research and publish district level data so communities can see the scope of the problem, how it impacts them and what they can do about it, and we can track their progress and changes over time. And how do we reach schools. We offer free training for students and educators. And we also pay stipends to educators who want to learn how to embed voter registration and education into their school curriculum and traditions. We run national initiatives twice per year to promote the concept of embedding voter registration in high schools and to marry the school year to the election cycle. High school voter registration week is in the fall, and cap, gown, and ballot is in the spring. That's designed to make graduation season a critical time for voter registration. And like I said, about 40% of youth do not go on to college. And if we don't help them register in high school by the time they graduate, it becomes much harder to get them involved. We also developed a way to surface areas of the greatest need. We call this our, our future voter scorecard And we use them to measure voter registration and turnout rates of 16 to 18 year olds at the local level. We use the scorecards to engage communities and to track changes over time. And we know this methods, these methods work because we've been studying them. We trained high school students to hold voter registration drives in New Hampshire. And we compared the registration rates for 18-year-olds before the drives and after. We worked with David Nickerson, who's an independent expert on election law. uh, And he concluded that the municipalities with our drives had a 7.4 percentage point increase in voter registration versus the most comparable locations without the drives. And in the voting world, that change is enormous. And we had similar results a year earlier in Orange County, California. And we're we're doing it now in Arizona, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Here's a great example of how our reports and our programs lead to great press and highlight student leaders.
0: Many young people are very passionate about social issues and political issues, but aren't sure how to actually make change, and voting is the first step in political participation.
1: (laughs) 18-year-old Paige Westbrook, a South Fayette senior, is one of the organizers of a spring and fall voter registration drive at her high school. Her student committee makes a presentation to all seniors in class, handing out and collecting voter registration forms. One key... It is a
0: student-run program People can listen to their teachers, tell them to vote all day, whether it be their government teachers or their econ teachers or their parents. But when it's coming from a peer uh, who you're handing the form back to, it's a bit more of a process that you know is important because it's someone, something that your peers care about. Michael.
2: So she's so great too. She's from Pittsburgh. And we have much more data and research on our website and our Substack if you want to learn more. So how can you help? One of the biggest challenges that, like I've been saying, is that hardly anyone understands the importance and possibilities for high school voter registration. There are hundreds of you on this call, and these flyers that you see here are sitting on our website waiting for you to print out and distribute to the students and educators in your life. You can go to the link. You don't need our permission, and the QR code will take them to be able to sign up for a free workshop and be able to hold the drives in their high schools. You can ask people to post them around their schools, put them on your social media, um, and and encourage them because we want students to get trained to run drives this spring, and then again in the fall before uh, deadlines. At a basic level, the reason you're here today is that someone you trust invited you. So my biggest ask is really that you invite somebody else and engage them uh, in this conversation. The beauty of this is that once schools have practice, they can run things on their own and we can move on to schools that need our help. The goal is for this to be a student activity in every high school in America, year in and year out not just in election years, and it should be like the student newspaper or clubs or sports, something that the kids embrace and do for themselves. If you don't know teens or educators, we know that Big Tent has a lot of letter writers, which is fabulous, and we're going to be working together in the coming months on letter writing campaigns that you can all participate in. And then finally, everything you've heard about today is only possible because of donations. Our work is nonpartisan and we're part of a 501c3 organization. The donations enable us to do the most critical piece of this, hiring the on the ground organizers to develop trusted relationships with high schools and key regions so they can get the job done. I, I just wanna close by taking a step back from the details and talk for a moment um, before we get into Q&A about the heart of all this. And just to reiterate that it's about our kids. It's It's your kids, it's my kids, but it's really about everybody's kids. It's about how we set them up for the future. It's about how they learn to participate and to work out priorities. It's about their capacity to see one another as equal and worthy. And it's about how we make decisions as a society and how those decisions impact them. So, you know, Justice Ginsburg, who I mentioned at the beginning was one of the greatest mentors of my life. And she used to ask, what's the difference between a bookkeeper in the fashion district and a Supreme Court justice? So you ready for the answer? One generation. So for the, for her, that was more than a punchline, that was the reality of her family. And if we want to help the next generation realize their full potential, and we want them to see themselves as part of solving the big problems of our country and our world, then we have a lot of work to do. And um, the wonderful thing is that it's work we can do together. So thank you so much. And let's, I'm happy to, let's keep the conversation going
1: so i uh, I think that's my that's my uh, cue to keep the conversation going with questions <laughs> being asked. I will note <laughs> that today is the day of the Michigan primary. And even though it does seem a foregone conclusion that um, President Biden and former President Trump will win those primaries, um, there are things going on on the ballot on the presidential ballot that are of importance. Uh, Nikki Haley continues to make the argument that 40% of the vote in South Carolina, which she won, is not nothing, and she's right about that. It's not. She said, as she says, she's an accountant, and she knows 40% is not 50%, but she also knows it's it's not small, and that's true. That is a sizable part of the Republican Party continuing to express dissatisfaction with the idea of Donald Trump as their nominee, and on the Democratic ballot. Uh, There is a big move um, by the Arab American community in in Michigan, which is sizable, um, to have Democrats, instead of voting for President Biden, to vote for uncommitted. Uh, And they are doing that as a way of flexing muscle. We'll see how much muscle they have at the uh, end of the day, I suppose. Flexing muscle because they are articulating their uh, desire for President Biden to put more restraints on Netanyahu in Israel and to push for a ceasefire in Gaza. And I bring this up not because of my support or opposition for that, but just as a news anchor to note that that is people exercising their vote uh, to register their opinion on something. And look, if it turns out that a sizable percentage of Democrats in Michigan today vote uncommitted, Uh, that is a demonstration to President Biden, hey, look, we're here, you need us in November and, and you can't ignore us. Now, if it turns out to be not a sizable number, that's a separate issue. But my point is this is a way for people to express their opinions in ways that actually manifest change potentially. So with that said, Cause I'm just saying the reason I really brought it up is because probably a lot of you, if you're teachers, have students talking about ceasefires because that's what it looks like a lot of kids are talking about these days. So let us talk, uh, uh Laura, with you about the question that I think a lot of people would ask, um, which is what about Taylor Swift? Why can't Taylor <laughs> Swift solve this problem? She she uh, She registered. I think 30 or 40,000 people in Tennessee uh, for the, was it 2018 Senate race? It wasn't enough to defeat Marsha Blackburn, uh, but it wasn't nothing. uh, And she's even more powerful now.
2: So, um, So I hope Taylor Swift will do a lot of tweeting. This would be a very good thing for the country but i'm not taylor swift you're no one on this call i think is taylor swift you're not taylor swift and and ultimately the pe- the reason people came to this call today i believe is because somebody they trust and they care about invited them and that's the critical thing that isn't happening for students and they're they're not seeing it as part of their of their daily lives as something that matters within their community within their friend group and so we need to have more than you know one shot one celebrity orientation to this it's it's got to be the kids making it you know making it their own and and you know the way uh, your description which is you know so interesting of of people in Michigan even though some people might say there's there's little choice on the ballot deciding that that there's a way that they want to express themselves through through voting and and voting's not you know voting's a yes no uh, this person's better than that person it's not like the perfect medium of expression but course, it's an important one. And that's the so much of that message, um, you know, isn't getting through, but when more likely to get through when we help the teens register.
1: I think that a sizable vote of uncommitted in Michigan would have a much more powerful impact on the debate in the White House than would stopping traffic for an hour in downtown Detroit, just as a political analyst. Um, motivation is uh, is an important issue that a lot of people are bringing up on the on the meeting chat here. Uh, Ellen Isaac says it, mu- it must be it's, it's important to deal with both sides of the equation, registration and motivation. How does the Civic Center work on the latter?
2: Yeah, so that's uh, such a great thank you for that opportunity. So motivation, once kids are motivated and see this as part of their experience, the the registration and the filling out the form is not ultimately that complicated. There there are ID issues and getting the right information to fill out the form, but the motivation is so much the crux of it. And and the way we deal with that is through by helping young people articulate for themselves what they care about. So some of our programs um, involve, they all involve training students in the nuts and bolts of how to run a drive, but in our longer programs, we're also able to help them connect to the issues that they care about and see how public issues impact their lives. And we work with them on developing what we call and, and others in the field call, public narrative skills, and telling a story about what their lives are and how they're shaped by public issues. And for many of them, no one has ever asked them these kinds of questions before. And um, it can help them write their college essays but it can also help them overcome the feeling that they're they don't have enough information and they don't have enough confidence and what if they're doing a voter registration drive and someone comes up to them and says like why do you care so this gives them the, the ability for themselves to to realize oh this is why I care and and it it has been for many of them just a really transformative um, process to be able to, um, you know, to go through that. And with civics education under so much pressure in schools and many kids, you know, not getting any or or hardly any or, or civics education that's broader and more um, involves more critical thinking than, you know, memorizing the citizenship test. It's, um, it's filling a critical gap.
1: Let's talk about this is from Kitty Douglas. Can you talk about some of the efforts of certain states to disenfranchise young voters?
2: Yes, we do see it's it's interesting. We see um, um we see both efforts to enfranchise and to disenfranchise. So on the positive side, just in 2023, Michigan, Minnesota, and Illinois all passed laws allowing young people to pre-register to vote at age 16. So this availability of youth registration is a growing opportunity and and just yesterday the department of education in the biden administration put out guidance to promote um, schools in helping students register and pre-register to vote it has guidance for colleges and it has guidance even for high schools and on how to implement Pre-registration. So, I just want to point out it's you know it's really important to to not be blind to the disenfranchisement efforts, but also to really focus on what you know what is possible. Um, on the disenfranchisement side, I mean, we see things. Voter ID laws have a disproportionate impact on um, on students, and some states want to take away student IDs as as an opportunity to register. Some places have um, uh, redistricting where they actually carve up a university. So it, so the students are in two different, um, uh, locations. A lot of these Ohio, they, they used to allow students to register, to vote in primaries at age 17, if they'd be 18 by the general election. And that has been eliminated. So there's, there's any number of ways that, that people can make it harder for their own children to participate. Um, but as I said, it's the, the, uh, um, we want to focus as much as, as much as we can, both on those barriers, but also on, on taking advantage of, of what's possible.
1: Um, so some of us, uh, are old enough to remember a thing called motor voter, where you, when you register for your driver's license, you register to vote. And, uh, some folks uh, wonder why doesn't this solve the problem? That's when you're 16.
2: Yeah, so I wish it were solving the problem. And actually it's been a real shock to me, the extent to which it's not solving the problem. And part of it is that not everybody drives and fewer and fewer people are driving today than than have in the past. Um, You know, and and then in some places um, (laughs) there's just, there's misalignment of dates. So young people might get their driver's license at 15 and a half or their learner's permit at 15 and a half but not yet be old enough to pre-register and then not have another motor vehicle transaction for another couple of years. It's interesting. I, I just had came across a few months ago the point that before the motor voter law passed, there was actually a provision in an earlier bill that would have made high schools into voter registration agencies. So we would have had student voter as well as motor voter and it didn't pass and then that provision was eliminated. So um we you know they think that the numbers are telling us we wouldn't see 30% registration of 18 year olds if motor voter was working for the youngest voters. So it's just there's a number of different, you know, administrative reasons or or pract you know, practicality reasons that it's not working, but and it's not that I want to get rid of it. I think it's great. But it's it's you you wouldn't have thirty percent if if that was sufficient.
1: Laurie Ann Preston asks: Are there specific states you're focusing on? And besides money, how can a person help?
2: Great. So um, yes, we focus. There's um, there's a group called Circle at Tufts that does a lot of research on um, also on young people, and they have identified um certain states under what they call a youth electoral significance index and it's a nonpartisan way to figure out based on population and close elections where young people's voices can have the most impact and so um those include uh, many states in the southwest and in the midwest and that's basically where we're um where we're focusing so in the southwest we're we're also in los angeles and so i don't believe in telling people in arizona to do something i'm not doing at home So we focus on Southern California um, and Arizona, primarily in the Southwest. And then in the Midwest, we focus on um, Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, and uh, we put Pennsylvania in with that. Um, We've also done a lot of work in in New Hampshire and in New York.
1: Speaking of Pennsylvania, there was a kid a few years behind me in high school in Pennsylvania who's now the governor, Josh Shapiro. Um, do you know whether there are organizations working directly with school district leaders to embed training in their schools asks uh lisa zeig how would we connect up with those organizations
2: yeah so that's one of the things that we we do are we have our goal is to have not a huge staff but critical staff in these locations to work with students educators school district officials to to provide for training uh school district officials can pass policies for their schools to require voter registration and can provide um, professional development opportunities so that the educators um, know how to do it and you know calendaring events where it's going to be um, happening so if you're in touch with school district level officials, send them to us they they um we actually have on our website model emails uh model email templates i think maybe somebody can put in the chat what the link is to get to them but it's it's just a little pre-written text about how to make an introduction um uh so that we can start those conversations
1: um somebody asked if you were involved with a uh a, a blue organization act blue or something like that i'm i'm i lost uh, but Um, Talk about that, if you could, because uh, everything you have said has been uh, on this call has been assiduously nonpartisan, which is why I'm here. Um, I wouldn't be here if not. And I'm wondering about that and your ability, willingness uh, or reluctance to partner with a partisan organization.
2: Yeah, we um, we are we're nonpartisan. And so we don't part we don't partner with candidates or um, or campaigns. There are um, different groups who who support us all over the country, and so we take support from from people wherever they're wherever they're coming from. There is a group called the Voter Engagement Network that is a nonpartisan um, group that also has a separate uh, partisan arm that has blue in the name, but we we work with the nonpartisan volunteers in that in that group.
1: People are also asking. This is not to you, uh, but uh, for others, our hosts. Uh, if, um, the cha- this chat thread and also this video conference can be made available later. And I am assuming both can be, uh, for everybody. Um, so just, um, let us know. Uh, there's somebody yes, on the phone. Yes, I think phone. that's
2: right. I think blue tent is going to make it available. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, we will, we'll send everything in a recap, um, email Jake.
1: Okay, cool. Um, how did you come up with the idea?
2: Yeah, so it was really, it was after the 2016 election, and I was becoming very concerned about the challenges to our democracy, all of the overt racism and the public bullying and the attacks on the independence of the federal judiciary, which was um, rising and as a theme in, in national politics. And I felt I needed to do something very meaningful to, you know, to make sure that I was doing whatever I could to make our democracy stronger. And my, my kids were teenagers at the time. And I I picked up a copy. This is funny. I picked up a copy of the California election code, because I thought maybe there's a clue in there about why young people hadn't turned out. And everywhere I was Googling it, and I saw all these articles that said young people are apathetic and self-centered. And I thought, well, my kids aren't apathetic and self-centered, and their friends aren't, and they're not more apathetic and self-centered than a lot of older people I know. And and anyway, there in the California election code uh, was this pre-registration law, and I had had no I had no idea that we had that in California. And I've done election-related litigation, um, as I said, you know, having this clerkship experience, I'm pretty involved politically, and I could. It was one of these aha moments of. We have this law. I didn't know about it. I started asking teachers, lawyers, kids, almost nobody knew about the law. And the more I explored it, the more I saw how it was really something that could be done every everywhere. Uh, I went to a few other organizations before starting the Civic Center to say why don't you do this here it is it's hanging right there. And eventually somebody said. We all have our commitments and our budgets, and you just need to start something, and and then we'll partner with you. So that's what I did.
1: Um, Deborah Margulies asks, as a nonpartisan organization, how do you handle the perception that youth will automatically vote blue, and that alone discourages some teens from registering? I should note that according to recent polls, um, President Biden is barely ahead when it comes to young voters. I don't know if that's 18-year-olds or 18 18- to 29-year-old voters, but... Uh, according to some polls, it's it's not really overwhelmingly blue at all. Um, but that said, um, over to you.
2: Yeah, here here's the, the reality: is that for high school students, the the overwhelming um, the overwhelming theme in youth registration actually is is no party preference. We see that all over the country, young people because parties are not neither party is really talking to them, and so they don't really know yet. Many of them they do in terms of you know additional research many of them identify very strongly with particular issues they care a lot about the climate they care about not being shot in school they care about um, you know equality issues they do it's so it's an issues oriented um, caring and so that's what we try to do we try to talk to them about the issues that they Um, they care about and just stay away from, from partisanship, both because we're nonpartisan. And also it just doesn't, it just doesn't resonate. It's not what they're, that's not what they're as excited about.
1: Yeah. Just as a, as an observer, I will say that it is, it is it never ceases to astound me how much more money is invested in issues having to do with people in their, who are seniors, as opposed to people who are children, uh, much less 18 uh, and the same is true when it comes to investment in medical research. Um, people go where the voices are loudest uh, and uh, five-year-olds aren't, you know, out there advocating for cancer research for for children.
2: Right. And, and here's, I, I'm so glad you brought that up, Jake, because here's an example. One of the things that the polling tells us young people care about is mental health, because there is a huge Mental health crisis facing our teens and our and our young adults, and we should be working and enabling them. That is a nonpartisan problem. It's something that affects them. It's something that they're the experts in because they're the ones experiencing it. And so that's that's you know an example. And and I I also I um you know one of the questions is how do we work with high schools and um. On this issue, because we have to help high schools understand that, first of all, a lot of the motivation is coming from the students, not from an outside group, and also that they can do this work in a nonpartisan way. And we really emphasize in all of our training look, if you're We talk about it like this: If you're a theater kid, go and invite the athletes to get involved in this. Bring bring in to this work people who you don't necessarily um, agree with, and you know the people have, as I said, they're developing their own views about the world, and they may not have 100% fixed views yet. So um, that's the kind of spirit that we try to bring with it, bring to it within high schools.
1: Sue Mandel is uh, asking a question that a lot that's on a lot of people's minds just uh in terms of your organization. Can you talk about it size budget, and more?
2: Yes, yeah, so we have um six full time staff now we have um staff in um in Pennsylvania, a full time um, director of education and organizing um, there and also in Los Angeles to two of these directors and they are hiring, we want to hire state directors to have more um, infrastructure in the States to make these connections, because the biggest, the the biggest part of our budget and the biggest lift is going to is going to relationship building and helping people understand how they can do it um, in their schools. And we have two part-time um, uh, two part-time organizers, one in uh, Pittsburgh and one in Milwaukee. Um, and then we have a full-time person whose job is solely directed to um, educating uh, teachers, connecting with teachers and administrators. Um, the other aspect of our organization is really focused on data and really focused on creating. You can go, when you go to our website, we have a um a resources page that lists all of our research and we've been publishing reports on the laws in different states and and on the data and how the um how school districts uh vary in terms of their re- registration rates and i'll just get into a little bit of the details i mean we did we looked at pennsylvania and ohio recently and and pennsylvania about 26 percent of 18 year olds are registered to vote and ohio think because they have had multiple important elections going on, it's as high as 31%, which is still very, very low. And then we break this down by county and school district and city. So we're really looking in terms of in terms of where funding goes to, it goes to organizers and to building up in these states, and then it's going to go to building up our data program so that we can create these, uh, this reporting on a more regular and and continuous basis. And then um, our budget last year was um, over just over a million dollars. And it came from um, a variety of sources, foundations, um, individuals, donor-advised funds, um, family foundations.
1: I, I want to ask uh, one last question, um, uh, and that is uh, one that a lot of people have asked, and it's not your responsibility, but it has to do with something that I'm sure you care about, which is civics education and, and the fact that uh, a lot of folk uh, on this uh, message board, um, when they were in high school, or junior high even, probably experienced a lot of civics education in terms of um, local school boards and uh, local offices and the importance of voting, Um, maybe even some uh, media literacy, who knows, uh, even though the media was pretty much limited to the local newspaper and three uh, networks. But what can you tell us about what happened to civics education and and where that has gone?
2: Civics education has been just Gutted um, across the country, and and you know I, I sometimes think it's because with the rise of STEM, they were looking for places within the within the curriculum to cut, and that's one of the things that got, um, got cut. And you know the, one of the interesting things is we've looked at what's going right in the school districts that have really good youth registration and turnout, and across the board, it's that they have good civics education and they have a program that's focused on getting the young people there registered to vote so um so but too much it's like is there an ap government teacher who cares is there an econ teacher who cares and you know maybe yes in this school and not in others and you know almost definitely you know much less likely in under-resourced communities so it shouldn't be that you know haphazard and fractured it should be you know, something that we're all doing.
1: Um, one last thing for me, which is uh, Mary Scheib says the data Tapper cites about young voter support for Biden is cherry-picked from what I hear. I, I'll just say, uh, I don't know if it's cherry-picked, but it's early yet when it comes to polling, uh, and right now the difficulty in polling is the difference between registered voters and likely voters, and the most important numbers when it comes to polling, however much you support or believe in polling, which for me is not very much, Um but the importance numbers when it comes to polling is likely voters, not necessarily registered voters. I know this call is about registering voters, but in polling, it's about likely, and there's a big difference in discrepancy because people are trying to figure out who is actually going to be voting in November, and that that has a lot to do with motivation and how the next eight months go. In any case, uh, Laura, it's been a real honor uh, asking you these questions. I've learned a lot, uh, and I appreciate the opportunity uh, from Big Tent and from the uh, everyone else, um, so thank you so much, and good luck. Go get those young people voted, of uh, registered. I mean, go get them registered so they can vote in November, and uh, and uh, we can we can have more Americans uh, actually having a say in who runs this country.
2: Thank you so much, Jake. Thank you so much for being with us today and for for the wonderful conversation. Yes, uh, I want to thank everyone for joining. The
0: chat was really active. It was great to see where everyone's from. There were so many people who are doing the good work of democracy on this call, um, really engaged. So, um, on behalf of Big Tent, I want to thank Jake Tapper and Laura Brill um, for coming today and having such a great conversation about getting the next gen registered and to the polls. Because once they start voting young, they will vote, uh, they will be lifelong voters. And I think that that's such a critical thing for us all to do and why we need to invest in the Civic Center. So on behalf of Big Tent, thank you all for coming. Jake, Laura, hope to see you soon this year. It's a big one. Thanks everyone.